Thank you for listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Please don't turn that dial. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. It's time once again for America's favorite show, The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, brought to you by drfloyd.com. As you remember, dear fans, we are retracing the shocking events that lead up to Dr. Steve zapping Dr. Floyd with some sort of mysterious device. In our last episode, Dr. Floyd had surprised Dr. Stephen Fitchard by making them inmates of Alcatraz Prison in June of 1962. We now catch up with the dastardly duo in the dining hall about a week after the beginning of their incarceration. Unbelievable, Fidget. Here we are more than a week later and we're still stuck as prisoners on Alcatraz. Yeah. If only we could find some way to escape our cell and get back to our ship, we'd be free. I know you can slip through the bars, Fidget, but there'd be no way for me to get out, and you wouldn't leave me on Alcatraz all alone, would you? Wait, would you? No. Uh, this get-out-of-jail-free card that I've had in my pocket for years is just useless. The guards just laugh when I show it to them. Uh, yeah, that's not gonna work. Oh, if only I could get a meeting with the warden. He'd recognize us and free us immediately. Uh, but he won't take any of my requests to meet. Excuse me, I couldn't help but overhear you there. What makes you think that if you met with the warden, he'd let you go free? Because we don't belong in here. We didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Yeah, you and every other guy in here. Same old story. No, it's true. We were wrongfully incarcerated by my arch nemesis. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you this. If I was innocent and someone locked me away on the rock, I'd devote my entire life to taking care of him for good. Oh, believe me. If I get out of here, I will. Oh, really? How? I'll crank call him in the late hours of the evening. I'll short sheet his bed. I'll take shaving cream and- I knew it. You aren't serious. What do you mean? Of course I'm serious. I know how to short sheet a bed, believe me. I spent a summer at camp. Look, I'm saying if you get out of here, you take care of him. For good. For good? Oh, you mean like, for good, for good? Exactly. Well, I suppose if I did take care of Dr. Floyd for good, I'd be free to carry out my dastardly plans without his interference. Why, yes, I do believe you're right. If I get out, I'll take care of Dr. Floyd for good, for good. (laughs) Oh, thank you so very much, Mr. Uh, uh... Morris. Frank Morris is the name. Well, thank you, Mr. Morris. Now all I gotta do is get out of my cell and I can get down to the business of taking care of Dr. Floyd. I think you mean you need to get out of your cell and then off the island and then you can take care of Dr. Floyd, right? Oh no, all I have to do is get out of my cell. I have a ship hidden on the island. What? Are you serious? Totally. All I'd need to do is get out of my cell and onto the grounds. Ah, uh, well listen, pal. I've got some news for you. You see, me and a few other guys are busting out of here tomorrow night. Really? Yes. We've already tunneled our way out of our cells and have an escape route to the grounds. But you having a ship sounds much better than what we had planned for crossing the bay. What did you have planned? We've built a raft out of old raincoats. I see. And how are you so sure that your escape plan is going to work? First of all, I have an IQ of 133. That's in the top 2%. Secondly, I've made a plan. Because if you want to get something done right, you need to have a good plan. A careful plan. That goes over every detail, and that's what I've done. Hmm. All right, Mr. Morris, you got yourself a deal. You get us out of our cell, and we'll give you a ride anywhere you'd like to go. Excellent. Here's the deal. Be ready to go by tomorrow night after 9.30 bed check. 
Until then, steer clear of the air vent in your cell. Why? Because me and my boys will be doing a little digging there tonight. Now listen, you're gonna need to do a few other things to get ready. You'll need to make As Frank Morris plans his great escape with Dr. Stephen Fidget, let's catch up with Dr. Floyd, who we find back in present-day Subtle River City, relaxing by the pool on the grounds of his Institute of Technology. Hand me the sunscreen there, Dr. Grant. Here you go, Dr. Floyd. <sighs> sure has been a relaxing week without chasing Dr. Steve all throughout time, hasn't it? Yeah, although I still think it was pretty underhanded the way you locked them in Alcatraz like that. I quite agree, Dr. Floyd. I know Dr. Steve is your arch-nemesis, but overall, he's mostly harmless, and you've trapped him in the past on Alcatraz with real hardened criminals! Listen, both you and I know that if Dr. Steve was free, he'd be, no doubt, trying to steal some historical artifact for personal gain. Now that he's locked away, he can't do that, and we're free to continue our important work. Like, working on the perfect tan. I don't know, Dr. Floyd. Leaving Dr. Steve in the past could backfire somehow. Or at the very least, make Dr. Steve vow revenge and come after you! If he ever gets out. Oh, will you two just hush? You're blocking my son with all your negativity. We've taken care of Dr. Steven Fidget for good. Enjoy your free time. On Monday, we go back to work on my latest invention. Ooh, what's that? A solar-powered microwave. Miner Smith sent up word he was getting hungry down there in that mine. Oh, dear. As Dr. Floyd and his crew continue their sun-soaked respite, let's check back in with Dr. Steven Fidget to our mere moments away from joining Frank Morris on his planned escape. Well, Fidget, I think this dummy head you made out of an old sock, two ping-pong balls, pipe cleaners, and a feather looks just like you. When the gods see it in your bed, they'll think you're sleeping peacefully. However, I don't think that this carved upside-down crookneck squash with a fuzzy banana slug for a unibrow that you've come up with looks anything like me. Well, if you say so, hopefully the slug will stay still long enough for us to make our escape. And speaking of escape, where is Frank? Psst, hey. Down here, by the air vent. What? Frank? How did you get back there? We chiseled our way through our air vents. The concrete around it is weakened from the moisture in the air by the bay. We've been working around the clock to chisel away at yours, and we're just about through. Now you promise, if we let you out, you'll give us a lift in your ship. Of course. Okay, boys, let's finish it. Moments later, they break through the air vent, and Dr. Steve and Fidget are standing in the small utility corridor behind cell block B with Frank Morris and his accomplices. Thank you, gentlemen. Now, where to? See that fan vent up there? Yes. We go up through that, across the roof, and then down to your ship. Excellent. Well, um, uh, Fidget and I should probably go up first. What? And leave without us? I don't think so. Our, uh, our ship needs a bit of warming up before we can take off, and only Fidget and I know how to do it. If you would like to make a surefire getaway, we'll have to go up first. Okay, fine, but don't you double-cross us or we'll come find you. I give you my word. Okay, up you go. Dr. Steven Fidget make it through the fan vent and are soon looking down at Frank Morris and his friends. Okay, now give us a hand up. Oh, I'm afraid you're on your own, gentlemen. What? Yes, I thank you for your aid, but now that I'm free, I must do what I vowed to do, and that's take care of Dr. Floyd for good for good. Why, you... As soon as we get up there, we're gonna make you pay for this. By the time you get up here, we'll be long gone. But look at the bright side. You've still got your raincoat raft plan. Just stick to it, and you'll be free in no time. For now, 
Ta-ta! Come along, Fidget. Let's go to the ship. I need to start planning my revenge on Dr. Floyd. Dr. Steve and Fidget head off for their time and spaceship, which is still hidden on the southwest side of the island. Where will they go now that they are free? What sort of plan will Dr. Steve come up with to exact revenge on Dr. Floyd? And what does Frank Morris plan to do after he escapes from Alcatraz? I was thinking I may run for mayor of Carmel, California. Find out next time on the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd! Episode number 805 of The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd starred Maura Quirk as Chips, www.mauraquirk.com, and J. Elvis Weinstein as Frank Morris, www.cinematictitanic.com. Music for this episode by Jody Whitesides, www.jodywhitesides.com. Actual Alcatraz sound effects provided by Ranger Craig Glasner, www.nps.gov Alcatraz. Episode number 805 of the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd is copyright 2010, Grand Pachoco and Doug Price. All rights reserved. And now the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd proudly presents Learning More After the Episode. Greetings, fans. It's evil mastermind Dr. Steve here with you once again for another edition of Learning More After the Episode. It's time now for part two of my exclusive interview with National Park Ranger Craig Glasner, who is an actual park ranger on Alcatraz Island. Now, you mentioned uh, Al Capone, and uh, I've run into Al Capone a couple times in my adventures. And uh, how long was he on Alcatraz? He was on Alcatraz for um, a good bit of a sentence. He was originally sentenced to 10 years in prison. Uh, he served a little less than that before he was released, about seven of them on Alcatraz Island. And um, another famous inmate, of course, is Robert Stroud, the Birdman. But I heard a rumor that he didn't really have any birds on Alcatraz, did he? No, although the island is a bird sanctuary, and this time of year in the spring and the summer is when they return and take over large parts of the island for breeding. Uh, but no, that was at level. He was actually, I guess properly you should say, he was the bird doctor of Leavenworth. But I suppose Hollywood didn't think that that was a title that would sell tickets. And of course, uh, I, in my travels to Alcatraz, I met uh, Frank Morris, um, who, along with the Anglin brothers, uh, planned one of the most elaborate escapes ever. Frank Morris was, um, unlike most of the Alcatraz inmates, was a fairly intelligent fellow, had a fairly high IQ, um, was a troublemaker and escape risk. A lot of the inmates that were sent to Alcatraz were not sent there because of the original crime they committed, but were sent there because they were uh, troublemakers and or escape risks, and that was what Alcatraz was for. How long did they plan this escape? Well, we don't really know, since they've not shown up to give us the details of what they did. Um, Some say it was probably about a year. Uh, There was a lot of uh, smuggling of equipment up into the cell house, including an electric motor and drill bits to drill through the back of the cells, smuggling of raincoat material from uh, a facility where they actually made raincoats for the military. And it was that material they used to make uh, life jackets and pontoons to aid in their escape. Um, So uh, probably about a year is our best guess. Now, the official word is that they never could have survived crossing the bay. What do you think? Do you think that they made it safely off the island? Well, I don't think so. These are guys that always ended up getting back into trouble, and then they just completely disappear. Some of the physical evidence indicates their homemade flotation devices didn't work quite as planned as well as they might have hoped. Um, 
there were personal effects like letters and photographs found floating in the bay. You wouldn't have bothered to take those and then left them in the bay had you not run into trouble. Um, on the other hand, I know a U.S. Marshal in San Francisco who's still connected to the case, and he is of the opinion that they may have made it, and he is still, whenever a lead uh, um, surfaces, he still investigates it because they could still be alive and they would still have time to serve on the original sentence, not to mention added time for having escaped. But my opinion is, even though I know many people that have done the swim, um, that they probably didn't make it because we probably would have heard something about them over the years. Uh, Now, you have mentioned that Alcatraz has uh, been featured in a lot of television shows and movies. (laughs) Um, Is there one thing that Hollywood always gets wrong about Alcatraz that just burns you up? (laughs) Oh, I I don't know that there's just one. I could list 101, probably. I think, in general, it's portrayed as being a very physically brutal place, um, and that just doesn't seem to have been the case. Uh, like I said, when the prison closed in 1972, many of the inmates that were then transferred to Atlanta said they'd rather be back on Alcatraz if they had a choice. If for no other reason that you had a cell to yourself, and that made a big difference to some of them. Um, so I, I guess this just the general use of Alcatraz as being the worst sort of prison. Uh, when given what I know about Alcatraz and what I know of prisons today, I, I think I would have preferred the old Alcatraz over uh, current conditions in most modern prisons. Now, there's also um, some beautiful gardens on Alcatraz Island as well, isn't there? Well, yeah. Under under the U.S. Army, they began to bring soil out to the island and had Army inmates uh, gardening, planting trees. A local garden club came out. And those gardens were continued uh, to be maintained by inmates under the Bureau of Prisons. In fact, I met one of the men that worked in the gardens, and he said that's what helped him keep his mental stability when he was in Alcatraz, was the time he spent trying to figure out what kind of plants would grow there. A few years ago, uh, through our park association, the Golden Gate National Parks Association, another nonprofit group called the Gardens Conservancy partnered with us, and hundreds of volunteers uh, on an almost daily basis come out and are restoring uh, the gardens. They build a greenhouse. They're repropagating flowers that were on the island. They even found a variety of rose that no one knew still existed. Roses tend to be sort of like um, fashion. They kind of comes and goes with the times. So a rose that was popular 50 years ago, you might be hard-pressed to find today. And there was a couple varieties of roses found on the island that no one knew still existed, and they're helping replenish them through the greenhouse program here on the island. Mm, Those sound valuable. Perhaps I should come steal some. (laughs) Well, you know, I hear you had something to do with a key out there. Oh, uh, well, let's let's move on here. I've got other questions uh, (laughs) to ask. Um, Now, uh, of course, if people do want to come out and visit and not steal anything, of course, uh, what can they see and do when they come to Alcatraz Island? Well, the first advice I want to give is plan ahead. We frequently sell out. The number of tickets to, for the ferry to get out to Alcatraz are limited on a daily basis. And around holidays, during spring break, during the summer, we can easily sell out a week or so in advance. So you can either uh, go to the Park Service webpage, www.nps.gov forward slash Alcatraz, and there find out information about how to purchase tickets to come out and visit the island. Once on the island, there's a award-winning audio tour of the prison building. There are exhibits of uh, the gardens. There's information about the birds. We often have biologists out and about with binoculars and telescopes to help people learn about the bird life on the island. The rangers and our volunteers, we give tours. We talk about escapes. We talk about 
about the Indians. We talk about what it was like at Christmas, how the special treatment the inmates got around the holidays in terms of the meals and a little gift box of chocolates and things. So there are many, many opportunities. Uh, easily could spend several hours out there. People often, often ask us, too, if it's appropriate to bring children to the island. And although... You know, some aspects of life on Alcatraz was pretty harsh, but even very young children, the the boat ride out, the flowers, the birds, they almost always have an excellent time. So it really is appropriate uh, for all ages. I wanted to ask, um, you are a park ranger on Alcatraz. Now, did you want to become a park ranger first, or was it Alcatraz that made you become a ranger, or vice versa? (laughs) Well, you know, I didn't really know much about park rangers until I lived and worked around a couple national parks. Uh, One near Lake Michigan, uh, the Grand Canyon, uh, and it it was that that got me interested in being a park ranger. I'd already had a career as a photographer and a photojournalist before that, and was sort of between jobs, and And when we moved to San Francisco about 20 years ago, I decided to try to get a job with the National Park Service. And I was not all that interested in Alcatraz at first because I really didn't know that much about it. But they were the first to offer me a park ranger position. And I've loved every day of working there for the last 18 years. And what does your job entail? Like what's an average day for a park ranger on Alcatraz like? Well, I'm in the, our division of education interpretation. So my job is not to write tickets. In fact, I, even though I wear a badge, I can't write a ticket. Um, but my job is to help educate people, to make them feel connected to their national parks in some way through the stories we tell. And in fact, my, fa- my favorite topic is talking about the Indians, but I also do a program called Hollywood's Alcatraz, where I talk about how the movies have portrayed Alcatraz as compared to what it was really like. But I also do lots of things like answering email. We get lots of students from all over the world that have questions about Alcatraz for school projects, and we help them with that. So our job is to make people feel like there is some worth in preserving these places throughout the country. There's about 390, a little over 390 national park units throughout the country. And we feel that our job is to help people learn about the history, both natural and cultural, through uh, whether it be live programs we do on the island every day or remotely via the internet. What is your favorite part of your job as a ranger on Alcatraz? I think the thing that makes me feel best is when someone comes up to me and says what a great job we're doing. Um, just that sense of accomplishment, the, the sense that people value the work you're doing. You know, life's very short. And, you know, I have known many people that had jobs where they made a lot of money, but they didn't really like their job. I know a lot of people that uh, had careers that, you know, it was just a way to pay the bills. I love what I do. I love dealing with the people. I love meeting people from all over the world. Um, and I don't know, were it not for that, Boy, I don't know what I would be doing. Well, Ranger Craig, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. Well, you're welcome, Dr. Steve. And if you ever wish to return to Alcatraz, I'd like to recommend this next time you buy a ticket. Oh, uh, uh, all right. That's probably a good idea. But uh, after my experiences there last time, I don't think I'm ever coming (laughs) back. Thank you very much, Ranger Craig. You're welcome. You've been listening to part two of my exclusive interview with National Park Ranger Craig Glasner, a park ranger on Alcatraz Island. Find out more about Alcatraz by visiting www.nps.gov Alcatraz. You've been listening to Learning More After the Episode, brought to you by www.drfloyd.com. 
Say, kids, how would you like to get your very own keys to Alcatraz without going back in time to try and steal them? Get your parents to surf with you over to the show notes for this episode at www.drfloyd.com and there you'll see a link to a special website where you can get your very own replica keys to Alcatraz. Once again, all the information you need is in the show notes for this episode over at www.doctorfloyd.com. Head over there today and set your imagination to fun! Clear the airwaves! Clear the airwaves! It's time now for the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd Imagination Nation Ranger secret message. Remember, kids, only children with the official Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd Imagination Ranger secret decoder ring can decode today's secret message. You can get your own ring right now over at www.drfloyd.com store. Okay, kids, grab your secret decoder ring and a pencil and paper and prepare to set your imagination to fun. Here comes today's secret message. And here is the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd Imagination Nation Ranger secret message for episode number 805, inmates AZ0405 and AZ0405 and a half. 3, 23, 20, 3, 14, 1, 3, 22, 7, 17, 20, 8, 5, 3, 4, 3, 13, 7, 2, 23, 18, 17, 24, 3, 23, 23, 8, 25, and that was a secret message to you from Dr. Floyd himself. You can decode today's secret message only with the Imagination Nation Ranger secret decoder ring available to everyone at www.drfloyd.com store. Get yours today and set your imagination to fun. classical and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night! <laughs>